This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 5th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. In his new book, Smart Power, Ted Galen Carpenter, the Cato Institute's Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies, discusses how the United States has gone wrong and how it can go right in engaging the world. He discussed his book June 17th of this year. This is a segment of his talk. Regarding the um, campaign to head off the invasion and occupation of Iraq, I am especially proud of an op-ed that appeared in 2002, January 2002, some 14 months before the invasion. The title was Overthrow Saddam? Question mark. Be careful what you wish for. And I want to read just a few sentences of that begins, advocates of making the ouster of Saddam Hussein the next stage in America's war against terrorism are becoming increasingly vocal. The United States has the military power to achieve that goal. Yet no matter how emotionally satisfying removing a thug like Saddam may seem, Americans would be wise to consider whether that step is worth the price. The inevitable American victory, military victory, would not be the end of America's troubles in Iraq. Indeed, it would mark the start of a new round of headaches. Ousting Saddam would make Washington responsible for Iraq's political future and entangle the United States in an endless nation-building mission beset by intractable problems. Well, that, uh, I think, pretty well nailed it. But it was indicative of the problems that I faced and other opponents of war faced at the time that this piece was carried by United Press International, a fine organization, but certainly not an agenda-setting outlet. And other people I talked to who spoke out against the war, including people with very impressive uh, credentials in the foreign policy field, encountered the same resistance I did among the elite publications. They simply were not interested in presenting this point of view at all. To be blunt, in the run-up to the Iraq War, the media played the role of lapdog, not watchdog, regarding administration policy. That became uh, all too clear quite recently when three uh, television uh, news anchors were on a single program, and they discussed the uh, media's role in the lead-up to the Iraq War. And Katie Couric, to her credit, uh, said, you know, the media did a lousy job. Uh, ABC television anchor Charles Gibson would have none of that. He said, absolutely not. We did a good job. We asked tough, probing questions. I sat there in utter disbelief, uh, not knowing whether to laugh or cry, Uh, And the sad thing is, he probably believed what he was saying. (laughs) One can only hope that if the prospect of war with Iran, or for that matter, some other country, increases, that this time the media will not abdicate their proper role as skeptical monitors of government policy. Now, the book, of course, deals with a lot of topics other than Iraq and Iran. Um, They cover everything from the international drug war to Balkan policy and some other issues that receive a lot of attention, the North Korean nuclear crisis and how to deal with that. Right now, we seem to be in the middle of an interminable diplomatic process 
with the probable result that at the end of the day, we're going to have a North Korea with at least a small nuclear deterrent. And I've had a number of pieces where I ask uh, just how do we deal with that? Because the only option if diplomacy does not work of preventing that would be war against North Korea, and that would be an utter disaster for the Korean Peninsula, for East Asia, and for America's position in the world. That's simply not a credible option. Another issue that I look at a lot is the U.S.-China relationship and specifically the focus on the Taiwan issue. Indeed, I, Chris noted, I've written an entire book on the Taiwan issue. Uh, there's some short-term good news on this topic, and that is there's a noticeable reduction now in cross-strait tensions with the election of uh, Ma Ying-jeou as Taiwan's new president. This is a man, unlike his predecessor, uh, who is committed to preserving the status quo in the Taiwan Strait. And for at least the next four years, that means a rather noticeable reduction in tensions. Longer term, though, I think the danger of a confrontation between Taiwan and the mainland remains high. The Taiwanese simply are not interested in reunification with China. Many of the Taiwanese are not interested, even if Ta uh, China would become a liberal democracy. The problem is that uh, China is not likely to tolerate forever an upstart island 100 miles off its own shore maintaining de facto independence, especially when most Chinese mainlanders regard Taiwan as rightfully Taiwanese territory. So looking out 10, 15, 20 years, I think we still have serious trouble in the Taiwan Strait. And thanks to the implicit U.S. security commitment embodied in the Taiwan Relations Act, the United States would be caught in the middle of any confrontation. That is a very worrisome prospect, especially as China builds an increasingly capable military. The Taiwan commitment is indicative of a larger problem with U.S. security strategy. Washington has a habit of taking on obligations to defend an assortment of weak, vulnerable, and often irrelevant client states. Indeed, we've reached the point now where U.S. policymakers pass out security commitments with about the same promiscuity that American soldiers passed out candy bars in Europe in World War II. Uh, Taiwan is certainly one, but we see it with NATO expansion where we've, in recent years, added those military powerhouses, Slovakia, Slovenia, and the three Baltic republics. The three Baltic republics, very small states that have rather bad relations with their powerful Russian neighbor. In addition, uh, the Bush administration now is meddling in the quarrel between Russia and the Republic of Georgia, over the status of the Georgian regions of Abkhazia and South Ossetia. Now, it's possible, I suppose, to come up with uh, an issue that is less relevant to America's security and well-being, but it would take a concerted effort. As my friend Doug Bondo pointed out in a, in a recent article, he said, essentially, the United States is meddling in a quarrel between two former members of the Soviet Union over the political status of two even more obscure former members of the Soviet Union. 
Ted Galen Carpenter is Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and author of the new Cato book, Smart Power. You can hear his full comments from that June 17th event at Cato.org.